What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode 85. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and favorite co-host, Chris Rivers. Chris, how have the past two weeks been? It's been two weeks since we've recorded. It has been. Uh, you've got somebody else to introduce over there. Uh, well, He's well, really bad at that. This it's me and you first. It's me and you first. <laughs> it's the, uh, actually, probably the thing that he's the worst at, is introducing people when they first meet. Mm-hmm. There is also, for those on video and now audio, my beautiful wife, Jamie Haynes, here to talk about some things with us for our, our TV section when we get there. But as I was asking, <clears throat> Chris, how was your past few weeks been? Busy. Overtime and all that good stuff. So. Mm. No. No, thank you. Yeah. How long is that going to keep going on for? Probably a few weeks. Oh. Holiday rush or... Yeah. Oh. Why are you laughing at me? I can't stand this woman. Anyways, quick house. Jamie, how's your past two weeks been? Great. Awesome. Yes. Anyways, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, for a quick housekeeping before we get into everything, because we've got a big show for you all, don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment down below so we know how we can fix the issue and what you didn't like in case we can improve the show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers for three different monetary values if you want to do that. And it'd be greatly appreciated. Chris, have you watched anything on these overtime weekends besides uh, She-Hulk? No, no time. Well, let me tell you, Chris, I have, and this is a oh, good yeah. one. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Tom Swift. It might have been a couple of months ago. It's a new CW show. It's like a, I equate it to like a black Tony Stark-esque character. Uh, I got through two and a half episodes and said, yeah, I'm done. It's the story's not really compelling to me. Um, it's more, it's like a spy tech show, which is kind of cool. The premise is the father goes up in Tom Swift's spaceship, sends with Jupiter. Um, halfway through the episode, the ship explodes, and six months later, no one knows why. Uh, Tom Swift thought he did it because he messed with some fuel alterations before he took off. Turns out that as he was going through our orbit. A satellite stuck a bomb on the top of it, never got caught, and he goes to Jupiter, it blows up, and his dad's still alive, and I'm trying to figure out how he's still alive, who did what, blah de blah de blah blah It's not that good of a show, so I'm going to pass on it. I gave it the two and a half special, and it didn't work. Yeah. So, but there is one that is that has been working. Kung Fu, another show on CW I said I've been wanting to watch forever. I am five or six episodes in. And really enjoying it. It's like a, um, I mean, it's a very kung fu heavy show. It's a teenager college level thing. It's like she's about to graduate, become a lawyer. Uh, her mom sends her to China to arrange a marriage. She says, "No, I'm not doing that. I'm not living this lifestyle anymore." Joins a monastery, learns kung fu, becomes badass. Monastery catches on fire, and her shinfu is her sometimes her sensei over there gets stabbed in the heart. And a sword gets taken. Uh, the sword burns the main actress's hand, and she comes back to America and San Fran. And we're trying to figure out why everything's going on. Whole big conspiracy theory. There's eight magical weapons that have magic properties and powers, and they're trying to get it before the bad guy does it. And I am all in. Like a little bit of national treasure mixed in with a bunch of cool action scenes and fights, and I'm all in. So, so. is this like a modern take on the old kung fu TV show? 
I think so. Um, from what I've looked into and seen, I think that's what they're, it's kind of like a remake of it. And it's really good. I, I'm telling everybody to watch it. And the new season comes out this new week, this next week, actually. So, yeah, but I like it. I'm, I can't wait to watch more, but we'll be at the beach oh. and my wife won't want to watch TV. So, Correct. so <laughs> on to our TV show. We got two episodes of She-Hulk to watch and review. First one's episode six. Of course, this is full on spoilers and we're going high on films by Rohitavra Mahumdar for this recap and review. Episode 6 starts off with Jen receiving a wedding invitation from her childhood friend Lulu, played by Patty Harrison, where she is supposed to be a bridesmaid. After announcing to the audience that this is going to be a self-contained wedding episode, she reaches the venue as She-Hulk while wearing a new dress designed by Luke from last episode. Everyone is excited to see her, but Lulu asks Jen to be in her human form so that her bridal thunder doesn't get taken. Which I was like... I'd want She-Hulk to be at my wedding more than I would Jen. But, you know, that's the whole premise of all of these episodes at this point. At the wedding, Jen gets really drunk, meets a guy named Josh, played by Trevor Salter, and eventually hits it off with him. Jen's runtime at the wedding is cut short with the arrival of Titania, who's not ready to let anything go and wants to humiliate Jen by creating a ruckus. Meanwhile, Mallory and Nikki deal with a client named Mr. Immortal, which was, he stole this whole episode for me. And I love this plot more than I did the whole She-Hulk plot but we'll get there, uh, who is having some divorce-related trouble. They soon find out that this person can literally die and come back to life, and that's how he keeps escaping from his spouses. And he, he, listen, it's genius. He, he, he kills himself off <laughs> to not be married to these women anymore. Takes on a whole new identity. And there was like, I think it was eight, seven or eight of these um, women that all came together to sue him. And I, I laughed so hard. Like, he had, during their interview initially with Mallory and Nikki, he jumps through the window, falls down, crushes the security vehicle, and stands up and just walks away. I was like, okay. I mean, that's one way to end a conversation. I'm about it. <laughs> uh, chaos breaks out when all of his spouses start to voice their griefs and demands, but Nikki quickly intervenes and quickly comes up with a solution to defuse the situation. So... Uh, they also have an a ending explained here. At the wedding, a fight breaks out between Titania and Jen. A drunken Lulu walks in, and to Jen's surprise, she's excited to see Jen in She-Hulk form. Initially reluctant to because of promising Lulu, Jen ultimately takes a She-Hulk form to beat Titania. Before leaving, Titania again declares that it is far from over. While hanging out after successfully handling the case of Mr. Immortal, Mallory and Nikki find a website called an Intelligentsia containing lots of hate messages against She-Hulk. Mallory asks Nikki not to bother Jen about it because it's nothing but some internet trolls, according to her. Nikki, however, blurts it all to Jen in the next scene, but both of them don't seem to be that bothered from the website. So, yeah. some very, very slow burn to our villain for the season. I mean, we've, what, three episodes left? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I mean, <laughs> we've not had a big main villain, which is what this show's been doing that Marvel's been doing for what they kind of did it in Captain America Moon Knight. We had a villain from the get go. Um, was there anything between Moon Knight and no, Miss Marvel? Miss Marvel didn't have a villain up until towards the end. So well, I think all of the villains kind of there the whole time though. Yeah, but just in the background kind of, I mean the first episode or was it the second one where the men attacked her and they talked to the leader. Still don't know who leader is. We're assuming it's the same person from the website. And then we didn't ever hear from any of them until episode six with Intelligentsia. That was the last time we heard about them. So from one to six, 
nothing. And then now six, we've got it at the very end. So yeah, I do miss the end credits too. Yeah, this episode yeah. was it five? Was the first one with no end credits? Yeah, yeah. because they gave us four straight with end credit post credit scene, and then uh, five, six, and even seven had nothing. And I was like, oh, okay, I really enjoyed these. And yeah. again, we read an article early on before the show came out that Daredevil was going to be a big part of She Hulk, and we've only had them teased in one episode, just teased, and now we've yeah. got. Three episodes left and still nothing. So people have been pissed about that online. Well, which I mean, you can't tell people he's a big part of the show and then yeah. have have a tease in one episode and nothing so far. So is it big in terms of quantity though, or is it big in terms of impact? Uh, it might be an impact at this point, but I mean, yeah. you you put him in the teaser for the show to draw eyes and audiences, and then we're going on you know spoiler episode seven. He is not in it. So you've got eight, nine, and ten. So maybe he's an eight. But what if, what if the leader turns out to be Kingpin? God, I, I would, I would love that. I want him. I want Fisk. In the, I want him in everything. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Anyways, episode seven, the same website by Rotia Avra, Mahumdar again on high on films. Let's see. I want to make sure I want to get the right part of the article. Oh, this is they're talking about the whole, the whole thing we we're just talking about. For, it starts it off for She-Hulk, Attorney of Law. Though the major problem has been its most significant selling point, which is Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Considering more than half of the audience is watching the show only for him, not showing a sign of the character except the helmet at the end of episode five is undoubtedly a bold move and probably a strategic one, as it boils down to keeping the viewership on the show on hand. And this whole hype around Daredevil is not letting the show breathe as is, which is a wacky comedy set in the same universal thing that was happened some years ago. So. Yeah. I had to put that in before the recap, which that's funny. We talked about that. That was on a purpose. In a true boy meets world girl fashion, the episode starts with the story of Jen and Josh. After meeting Josh in the wedding with Lulu for last week's episode, Jen goes on a few more dates with him, and the two genuinely seem to be very much into each other. But after sleeping with Jen, Josh vanishes out of thin air the following day. Jen's text gets delivered, but is not seen, and with each passing moment, she starts to feel down. Like, this is some high school stuff. She got ghosted what thursday going into friday morning didn't hear from him all weekend long it's not really high school stuff it's grown-up stuff to you okay well you know you just met me young okay you know anyways <laughs> uh, meanwhile emil blonsky's parole officer informs jen that blonsky's ankle oh excuse me monitor is showing some dubious data and he needs to check that out and he'll like Jen to accompany him as he'll feel safer with protection of She-Hulk in case he makes abomination instead of a meal. I loved the parole officer. His little 2005 Ford Taurus driving up there. Yeah. And he's very scared. He's like, are you going to go green or whatever you call yourself? You know, She-Hulk, uh, Jolly Green Giant. And she goes, oh, that's why you want to be here. I was like, I mean, yeah. He's standing there trying to punch the code in and she just drives right through. Him. Right. So funny, man. They... Uh, as she has nothing to do on a depressing Sunday, Jen sees Emil at the parole officer. Upon reaching Emil's uh, quaint house, locating on a sprawling, lush green land, they find out that Emil is okay and hasn't done anything. Upon realizing it's just the ankle monitoring malfunctioning, the parole officer fixes it and leaves soon. He touched an electric fence, and it made his ankle monitor go high haywire. And I thought that was a fun, nice little touch. Um, yeah. Jen decides to stay on for a while to see how Emil is doing. He does seem pretty much okay, and he looks happy to see Jen there. 
Just before Jen is about to leave, two people wearing strange costumes appear out thin air while fighting amongst themselves. And they somehow land on uh, Jen's car and eventually damage it to a level they can't. she can't use it. Having nowhere to go until the tow truck comes, Jen has no other option but to explore the place further. She soon finds a sweat lodge and eventually discovers that Emil is a support group of several men, including the two who damaged her car. In a strange coincidence, she finds out that one of the people who attacked her at the end of the episode 4 is among this group of people. She gets enraged, turns into She-Hulk, and attacks the guy. Because he came from the yurt. He was in there having a little meditation session. She gets enraged, turns into the She-Hulk, and attacks the guy. But the guy apologizes for his past and seeks forgiveness from Jen to deal with her inner turmoil and to find peace she is desperately seeking. Jen goes into the sweat lodge, and after that seems to work for her to a great extent. After being constantly requested by Emil and the group of men, Jen eventually opens up about Josh and how being ghosted by him affects her life. All these men turn to be understanding and supportive. With their encouragement, Jen deletes Josh's number. After the tow truck uh, comes, Jen thanks Emil for the experience and leaves. Um, the story goes back to Jen and Josh from earlier in the episode entering her apartment, shifting to Josh's perspective. We see Josh is awake beside a sleeping Jen, copying some data from Jen's phone. Then he clicks a photo of still sleeping Jen and sends a text to someone named Hulk Kim which has uh, only three emojis. One syringe filled with red blood, one tube filled with green solution, and one thumbs up like reaction. So it can only be assumed that he is obviously with uh, the website Intelligentsia and this leader person trying to get their blood. So. Do you feel like that he set off the ankle monitor on purpose? Like to get her there? Because he knew that somebody was going to bring her there to check him out. Like there's no way they come by themselves and try to see if he is... Turned. And know. then potentially this other guy's there who just happened to be in this group that was a gang that went against her. I just feel like it's too it's too easy. Well, Andy Mill's a smart guy too. So I mean he's he's not just some you know peaceful meditative guy. He was you know Spetsnaz spec ops and high in the military and everything. So I mean he knows what he's doing. Maybe, but maybe he heard about that from the guy from the yurt. He heard that he was trying to get a hold of She Hulk. And she wanted to, he wanted to call her in. Maybe, I don't know. It, I mean, it could I be. I really want him to be a good guy. I just don't feel like. Yeah. I think I think he's still a good guy. I don't think he's got anything bad to do with her. I think Emil Blonsky's changed. And he's got these 14 wives. So, I mean, good for him, you know. I think, okay. uh, I think Porcupine was the highlight of the episode. He was hilarious. He was which turns out, he is a main villain in the Ant-Man comics to Ant-Man. Yeah. And they put him in there. I really liked him. I liked the whole uh, peace circle thing. It was some of my favorite content yeah. from the episode. I thought it started out a little slow and a little weird. But once we got to the compound and everything, I loved it. And they just kept going back and forth. I loved everyone making fun of each other. He said, I'm, I'm going to separate you two. They said, you kind of don't think they like, they like doing this? It's just fun. Just a yeah. no little lawyer-esque things in it. But again, we got three episodes left in. Now we kind of have what's going on, but don't really know what's going to come out of this with the blood. There was a theory I meant to bring up last episode for the wedding. So, is it Chad? Chad? Her cousin? The, the DJ, the Best Buy worker? I think so, yeah. Chad or Chad? So, everyone's starting to think he is going to be the Red Hulk since uh, uh, William Hurt died. Mm-hmm. Who would Thunderbolt Ross? Who would have been the Red Hulk? And the reason wow. people are saying this is they made a big mention at the very beginning that Hulk is a mutant and that their bloodline are mutants technically, and they 
go to that um, the gamma radiation, and that's how they become Hulks. And every single scene that he's in, he's wearing red. And they said MCU does not do things like that randomly. So if you look at every single scene he's in, he's got a red shirt or something red on. So I'm like, there's hmm. there's also rumor out there that they're talking to Harrison Ford. I saw that too. About taking over that part. I'd be okay with that. I don't know if yeah. he would, because he he seems like a grumpy old man now. But that's just me. <laughs> he didn't want to okay. Star Wars or Indiana Jones or anything anymore. So. All right, you ready to get to what you're here for? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So Jamie has been watching a little TV show. It's been getting a lot of controversy on Netflix uh, and the Twitter and things like that as well. It's the Dahmer series. Is that the name of it? Dahmer the series? Well, it's actually like a monster. What? It's called... Hold on. Let me see. It's called Monster, the Jeffrey oh. Dahmer story. How many episodes is it? Ten. Do you like it? So Jamie is a big serial killer, Ted Bundy, all those guys. She's in love with them. I'm not in love with them. That's not, see, that's part of the problem, though. The series, people think that if you put Evan Peters as a lead role in the show that you're creating because all these little fangirls that love Evan Peters and it's are falling in love with a horrible character. That's been a thing on uh, Facebook. You're romanticizing Dahmer is what they say because they did the same thing with Ted Bundy and uh, what's the kid from High School Musical that everybody loves? Oh, um, Troy. He's on High School Musical. His name's Troy. <laughs> he was in... Uh, oh, God, that's going to bug me. The Greatest Showman, you know. Mm-hmm. That's really sad that I don't know his name, but I can't think of it. Now you have to look it up. It's going to make me mad. <laughs> I don't want to think of it before it pops up. Zac Efron. Yeah, Zac Efron played Ted Bundy. And a lot of people had the same issue with that. Um, there's actually fam- family members from some of the people that get talked mm-hmm. about in the Dahmer series um, that have gone onto Twitter and posted very angrily because I guess nobody spoke to them prior about any of this and got any input from them. Um, but I guess that's kind of the way they wanted it from what I'm hearing. Yeah, um, probably from Netflix. Which is interesting because I don't know if how I would feel if it was my family member and you had to relive it. But at the same time, I think if they took the time to actually watch it, which would be incredibly hard, mm-hmm. um, they do a really good job of showing how this white man did this for years and got away with it because he was doing it in a lower poverty area um, to mostly gay black men. Mm. And so the cops pretty much just let him get away with it. They People tried to call it in, you know, uh, his neighbor tried to call it in. People down the hall tried to call it in. The smell, because you could smell the bodies, people were trying to call and say, like, just come in and smell. But cops would even come in and notate that it smelled bad, but kind of just talk to him and then say it's fine and leave. Or they just wouldn't show up at all. Mm. Which, sadly, a lot of that, people are like, oh, well, you know, they put a lot of that in to make it a good series. But no, that's actually stuff, because I watch a lot of the crime-related stuff as well, and... That actually is very true to the story. That actually, that happened. As you've watched a lot of Dahmer content, mm-hmm. would you do you say this is your favorite telling of it all? Most accurate. Uh, so it's very different, though. This is the first time that it's really been. I mean, they've had. This is the first big drama. Uh, drama. Dramatization. Yes, of this. So I think when you look at it that way, yeah, it's going to be the best. And you have Evan Peters. I mean. As far as acting goes, put aside that 
he has a lot of girls that just think a lot of him. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if one's on this podcast. <gasps> ah. So, <laughs> but with that being said, he has a lot of girls that think a lot of him, but that put aside, as an actor, he's probably the one of the best actors of our age, I would say. Um, can pretty much do any role put in front of him, very much like a Johnny Depp. I, w- mm. I would compare the two, even though it's very different roles they've done. Um, he can do, he's going to learn the character and he's going to do it. And he's going to put his all into it to the point where he has to take a break from things because it's so mentally taxing on him. Mm. So he does a really good job to the point where, it, I mean, he's really creepy in the show. You can like him as a person or an actor, but it makes you not really, after watching this, it's mm. very disturbing. On the nerd-wide scale, five is the best movie show you've ever seen in your life. Zero, obviously, is trash. Don't even spend time looking at the key art. What would you rate? Oh, it's definitely a five. Like, Mm. I feel like you should definitely check it out and watch it. And if for nothing else, it's the first show ever where I have sat through it. And I really don't get, because I know the Dahmer story, so I know what to expect. I know that what's going to happen to all these guys in the story, right? But I think it's episode six called Silenced, where they really focus on one of the victims, which Mm. some of that was made for TV, as they say. Like, some of that wasn't a true story. Um, But I knew what was going to happen to this guy, right? Because I knew there was nothing where Dahmer, like, let some guy go unless they were going to do that for this show. Uh, But even knowing that and going in and watching it halfway through the show, you fall in love with this character to a point where you're like, man, I just really like this guy. And you see him see something in Dahmer for a minute and you see that same glimpse of something as like a human Mm. for just one second. And you're like, oh, man, this guy's really good. He might let him get away. And you just hope that he does. And to the point, like by the end of the episode, when he doesn't, uh, I was in my feelings a little bit about it. Like. Mm. It hurt my feelings <laughs> greatly. Like, cause That's it, good storytelling, though. Yeah, they let you fall in love with the character just to take the character away. And even though you know it's going to happen, yeah. they did a really good job doing it to the point where you just hope that something different is going to play out. Mm. So. Because it, hmm? like it's, it, is the gore at a high level, or do they kind of shy away from that? Um... So, the gore is pretty good. It could have probably been worse. I mean, the guy's cutting people up and keeping their body parts and eating them and making turkey sandwiches and stuff with it. Um, (laughs) So, so it definitely could have been worse. I don't think it's turkey sandwiches anymore, though, babe. Well, I mean, he tried to get his neighbor to eat a sandwich. Oh. Yeah. So... (laughs) You eat those sandwiches, you don't get sleepy afterward. Yeah. yeah. Something's wrong with uh, her stomach, though, after that, though. (laughs) So, I don't think... It's a lot of you just knowing what's happening as more so than actual gore. Mm-hmm. I think American Horror Story probably gets much worse in gore than this series does. Yeah. Yeah. For me, anyway. Yeah. I, I may have a high tolerance, though, too. So. Do yeah. you... I don't know if you know this or not, and you're researching, because I stay away from that part of the world. <laughs> um, are there going to be more monster series like monster the ted bundy show have you heard anything about that or would you watch monster the ted bundy story or something Look, like that? I think, john wayne gacy right yeah i think that would be so have you ever have you watched Dahmer, chris i've not seen it yet okay so it's funny you should say that because they touch on john wayne gacy because um and they even show Dahmer watching some clips of him in jail oh so um 
they touch on that. So it made me feel like, well, maybe they'll touch on that later and they'll do a series on it. I don't know, though. Uh, I feel like Ted Bundy maybe was the... He's had so much done on him within the last, like, five years, because I feel the, like. the Zac Efron project, that's Zac recent. Thing. So. Well, even with that, like, there was the Ted Bundy tapes. There was so mm-hmm. much that came out at the same time on Netflix. It was like, I think there was probably five or six things on Netflix alone that you could watch of Ted Bundy that were different, like, um, reactings of what happened. Um, there was a Lifetime movie about it. So that's been redone and redone so many times that I really don't feel like there's a space for that anymore. I know I'm tired of watching. <laughs> there's only some, even a retelling of it. I feel like there's only so many times you can watch it, maybe in another 10 years if you want to go back to it yeah. and try something. I feel like right now, though, okay. it's already been done. Um, mm. But there's so many other serial killers, unfortunately, <laughs> that you could touch on that have a very, I mean, like you said, John Wayne Gacy. Um, this would be a good one. What'd mm-hmm. you say? That'd be a good H. one. H. Holmes. Oh, H.H. Holmes, yeah. Um, mm. The Night Stalker is one. Uh-huh. So there's a, there's a lot of different ones that you can I don't even know what that one is. Yeah. So. That one, that one would be interesting because they can tie it back to the Chelsea Hotel because that's mm-hmm. where he stayed. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know the Chelsea Hotel one. That was recent. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> no. I, st- I stay away from that kind of stuff. Superheroes, you know. I'll, I'll stick with that. <laughs> that's, that's the same hotel that that girl disappeared from. That they found the... Water yeah. The Cecil Hotel? The Cecil? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Cecil. Yeah. I said the Chelsea. The Chelsea's in New York. <laughs> this, Dif- but... different, different murders there. Yeah. <laughs> That the Cecil story would really creep you out. Like, it's, oh, you've told me about it, and I'm not about it. Like, I don't know. There, I almost feel like she was tripping on some drugs. Somebody slipped her something, or she was seeing something paranormal. Because when you watch the video foot footage, it's we'll, really we'll go with someone slipped or something. More. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to live in that world. Speaking of living in that world, well, first news item here. This one's just for you and Chris, Jamie. Because you guys sent a picture to me. So now you get to talk about it. Going to TVLine.com. American Horror. This is by Annie Swift. American Horror Story, Horror Story Season 11 title cast and premiere date has been confirmed. Thank goodness. Season 11 of Ryan Murphy's horror franchise will be titled AHS NYC. Fox officially announced on Thursday. The new season will begin uh, Wednesday, October 19th, which is soon, which is crazy to me. With the premiere of the first two episodes, which will stream the next day on Hulu. The cast will include a mix of horror story newbies and returning favorites, including Zachary Quinton, or Quinto, I love Zachary. Uh, you know, heroes. Apparently he was in season one and two of AHS. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bernhard, who co-starred in Murphy's Pose, and Charlie Carver, who has collaborated with Murphy on Netflix's Ratchet and The Boys and the Band. Rounding out the ensemble are uh, fellow Ryan Murphy players, Joe Matello, Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Isaac Powell, Dennis O'Hare, and Patty Lupone. Mm-hmm. From the key art and everything, are you guys excited? New York City, does it sound exciting? Um, Jamie says it looks like some BDSM stuff, <laughs> and I'm like, I mean. Which is right up American Horror Story Alley. Yeah. I kind of feel like you should share that image, like share your screen right now. And... Yeah, th- this one's, it's very weird. Well, this one that they've got on here is very weird. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Yeah, I got it popped up there for the video watchers. And I'm like, eh, you know, that's. It's definitely going to be some BDSM stuff. 
So I really so if I had to guess, and which the the art they show before never really actually gives anything away. I feel like I mean it gives you some hints, and afterwards you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. But I really feel like it's never enough to like tell you what the whole season's gonna be about. I'm thinking like. Oh, this one's got spikes coming out of yeah. them. Okay. I'm thinking like weird cult nightclub esque type thing. I tried yeah, to. Yeah. I was like maybe even vampires, but I don't know. I don't know if we would do that again. But they've already done vampires, right? Yeah, hotel. Okay. Um. Oh, that was with what's her name? Lady Gaga. Uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. <laughs> Yeah, the artwork, because I think the one for Cult, the artwork was uh, a woman standing there, wetting the top of her head off, and there was, like, honey on her mm-hmm. brain. And there's, like, little bees all up in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's very, in- the artwork is always very interesting and intriguing, but it's never... Spot on, like you think it's going to be. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Well, okay. HS Season 11, which, do they normally do that, Chris? Like, where they just announce it two weeks before it comes out? Uh, yeah. They kind of play it close to the best. Mm. Um, That's kind of cool. I like think that. Of, I'm trying to think of the movie that... I wonder if they could do something like a uh, a Haunted High Rise. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely not watching if that's the case. Skyscraper, like, uh, was it Poltergeist 3 or 2? Where they had a similar thing. No, not mm. our Halloween list, could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah will if i didn't work oh. well thank you for joining us Absolutely. anytime you want to come by come back mm-hmm. you know we appreciate it Absolutely. just don't be a stranger we enjoy you here now. yeah go have fun with the anytime some horror creepy stuff comes back we'll let you know okay, so, <laughs> all right next up got a couple of bylines here nothing crazy Number two on our list here is Netflix has confirmed the third season of The Witcher will arrive summer 2023. Gives Chris plenty of time to watch seasons one and two before summer yes. 2023. <laughs> I'm making a commitment now. So I'm telling you, I wasn't wrong with the boys, Chris. I'm not going to be wrong with The Witcher. All right. right. Next one here, The Last of Us trailer is finally here. We're not going to play it because I do not want to get copyrighted on YouTube. And very good trailer. If you have not seen it, watch it. I was, you know, mildly interested in The Last of Us TV show on HBO, but with the trailer and how good it looks, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sold. I'm, I'm going to be watching this day one, and I can't wait for it. It's, uh, it's lengthwise, it's more of a teaser. Mm-hmm. It's not a... Full on. Not really a, yeah, it's not really a full on trailer, but... It looks uh, good, huh? Pablo Pascal. Yeah. Pedro? Yeah. There Pedro. So I, I, I'm just terrible with names, man. <laughs> it's your, it, usually it's me, so you're, I'll pass it off to you this week. <laughs> Pedro Pascal uh, looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Bella Ramsey as um, Ellie, Ella, L. I'm, I'm butchering that one too. And I play both of them. Uh, but um, I mean the 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 scene where the the zombie apocalypse breaks out. 
and we know what happens at the end of that scene. I don't want to spoil it now because the TV show is obviously going to show it. Like you have a plane crashing behind them as they're running. I'm like, this looks so good. And Chris, I'm telling you right now, that first episode is going to be a banger and it's going to pop off for a lot of people because it's that first 15 minutes of the game. And uh-huh. oh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait. Like everything they've shown, I'm like, I recognize that. I recognize that. That could be this, but I'm all in. Like they even made a point to say Neil Druckmann, from, who's the creative director of the Last of Us series, had a big hand in this. And I'm all in. Like I watching the trailer, I'm really excited. Well, the teaser trailer, I'm really excited about it. Here's here's my concern though. Are the the viewers at large Right, the people that didn't play the games, mm. the people that might not even be gamers, um, which is the chunk of what yeah, they it'll be a big majority for this. Are they zombied out at this point? With all these years of Walking Dead and, True. and everything that we've gotten, are they just like, all right, I want something else? I wonder. I wonder if you'll get your Game of Thrones community um, from House of the Dragon because I think that will translate over. But I'm I'm right there with you. I'm curious about that. I know clickers are a big difference. It says it's not just a zombie story, but how do you tell the the viewer that from trailers? You know what I mean? Because I mean the big part of this, like you had two of the 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 scenes in this with the clickers. So I'm like, how do you translate that over? But you know, I I think HBO Max does well with their advertising for their shows, like Euphoria, um, The Watchmen, which I still need to watch both of those. Um, hot um, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones. They do HBO makes us great marketing, so I wonder if they could do that. I'm very curious to see though how many of the gamers stick on with it, which I'm sure a lot will, and how many. I want I want to see this make break records. I don't know if it will because you know Game of Thrones has just dominated it all, but that's a it's a good question. How do you get them to? Say hey, we're going to do this because I mean, even the Walking Dead. I'm talking about something in a minute. Uh, the supposed to the final part of the season, the final season comes out uh, October second tonight. So I'm curious to see if everyone's just burnt out on zombies or not yet. So. Yeah, feels like it could be that way. Yeah, but but like you said, they need to find a way to get out to people that the zombies are only a portion of the story. Mm-hmm. It's not. Really it's not like The Walking enjoy. Dead, where it's zombie, 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 zombie story, zombie, zombie, right. zombie story. So, but it's because man, there's some twist, and I don't know how. I don't know if they're going to get signed on for more seasons or what episode they're going to end with, a part of the game and stuff. But if they end at the end of the first game, there is a some big twist and some big. Uh, I don't know what to believe anymore, kind of things, and that's all mistakes. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who always going to watch the show and play the games, but it's going to get right. good. Speaking of getting good, Jack Ryan is finally getting at season three, returning December 21st of this year. It's been like two or three years. Might maybe be longer since season two came out for Jack Ryan. And yeah, well, I'm all in. He, he's been busy. Yeah, he's he's a little busy. Yeah. So it's understandable. Oh, and then there's something else we'll talk about when it comes to movies. Remind me about John Krasinski if I don't bring it up. Because he said okay. something about a very, very, very teasery trailer um, for la, this last week. I almost want to watch it, but again, it's I don't want to get copyrighted, which we haven't copyrighted yet on YouTube, but we'll see. Because I've watched it maybe five times. 
And then the biggest news story that is going to come out of this show, Community is officially getting its six seasons in a movie. I'm going to Billboard.com by Leslie Goldberg. Uh, what may have started as a joke in season two of Community has evolved into a compete into a hashtag camp- campaign by fans and is now coming to fruition. More than seven years after the former NBC comedy wrapped its run with its sixth and final season on Yahoo, cult favorite comedy Community is officially getting its long-awaited movie. Peacock, NBC's streaming counterpart, has greenlit the untitled Community movie after landing the project from series creator Dan Harmon, following a bidding war with other platforms. Six of Community's nine central stars will return to the movie, including Joel McHale, Danny Pudi, Allison Brie, Gillian Jacobs, Jim Rash, and Ken Jeong. Donald Glover, Chevy Chase, and Yvette Yacol Brown are not currently attached to the movie. Reps for Peacock declined to comment on their status if any negotiations were expected to transpire to reunite all nine original stars. So, then they go on to say, it's worth noting, though, that all three of those stars departed Community before uh, NBC canceled the comedy was revived for what came in sixth and final season. So, but Joel McHale broke this news uh, with end a movie a picture, but he tagged Donald Glover and uh, Yvette Nicole Brown in his post. So everyone's like, obviously they are. You can go two ways with it. Yes, they're a part of it. Or two, he's tweeting it out because it's their show as well. And that's to get them back. Well, so during the pandemic, everybody got together and was on a little uh, Zoom call. And they read an episode for charity together for World Hunger. And they someone asked uh, Dan Harmon if... No, Dan Harmon asked if Troy would come back for a movie. And he just, his eyebrows went up, and he just said, and just kind of like that. And I was just nodding my head for audio listeners. And so it, we might come to fruition. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I cried when I saw this happen. Uh, it went by storm. Charlie Ridgely, our friend at comicbook.com, I texted him. I said, get on Twitter now, all caps. And then he saw it, and he says, dude, I've been elated. Because he's the one that told me to watch this show. And he said, I've been on Cloud 9 since it broke. And, like, everybody is really excited about it. So, that's my big pitch for TVs this week. Also, oh, I cried. That's so good. And what a way to start a day. Releases these past two weeks. Thursday, September 29th, Young Sheldon's new season came on CBS. Thursday, September 29th, Ghost, the American version, uh, season two started, which we have not watched yet. Sunday, October 2nd, The Walking Dead, which is tonight, starts its final season of the final part. Something, I guess. I feel like we've been, I feel like every six months we say it's coming back for its final part of the final season. And here we are six weeks later and it's still doing it. So what do I know? Uh, and then Wednesday, October 5th, the new season of Kung Fu comes out on The CW. And that's it for TV. Some fun yeah. news there this week. Good Even stuff. more fun for movies, though. But I'm really excited. It's going to be good. Speaking of movies, uh, have you watched anything else? Why, Chris? Yes, I have. Oh, Lord. I My steelbook of Thor, Love, and Thunder came in. And I said, you know what? I want to watch this again. And I did. I'm still... Same review I gave it last time. I think it was three and a half, four stars. I really enjoyed it. The Screaming Goats did get to me a little bit more this time than it did the first time I watched it because I I had you in the back of my head, you talking about that. So I was kind of paid attention to it a little bit more as well. And I was like, oh yeah, they are in like almost every scene and it's the same gag. I was like, okay, that could have been 
a little different, but it I still stand by. It was a good movie. I I really enjoy it. I want to watch it again. Um, still top five for me. I think mm, top ten. Not about top five, but it's that was the only movie I watched this week. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. I of course I didn't get to watch much else yeah. this week. That's gonna change since it's October. I'm gonna start watching a bunch of horror movies. I'm excited because uh, Stella is getting into that kind of stuff. Like she, the Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus 2, we made sure we watched with her. She loved uh-huh. Binks the Cat. And the whole time she was watching for the second part, she was waiting for it. Uh, so we're going to get started on her with um, the Disney movies on there, like at Halloween yeah. Town, like your your classic Disney movies from the 90s, early 2000s, which has kind of has a yeah. vibe. So I think she'll really enjoy those. So I'll be watching those with her, of course, because I love it for the nostalgia. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our movie this week, well, our two movies this week, we had Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2. Now, I'm just going to come right out and say uh, the first one for me is a five-star. Absolutely. Yes. I love that movie. I, I grew up on it. I remember seeing it multiple times in theaters when it came out. Uh Obviously, the Sanderson sisters, you've got Bette Midler, you've got Sarah Jessica Parker, you have Kathy Nahimi. Is it Nahimi or Najimi? Najimi, uh, I think. Um, Omri Katz is, is in the original as Max Dennison. His little sister is played by Thora Birch. Uh, Vanessa Shaw is the love interest there for him. Allison, her family has long ties to the city of Salem, or the town of Salem. And they threw a creepy Halloween party. Uh, like That's a very weird... Especially yeah. that every year. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. that's different. John <laughs> uh, Murray is in this. He's uh, the human version of Thackeray Binks. He's now been on uh, NCIS for 19 or 20 seasons. Oh, is it really? Yeah. He's uh, gone on to a really great career. Doug Jones plays Billy Butcherson. In, in the uh, in the films, Jason Marsden, by the way, was actually the voice mm-hmm. of Inks the Cat. He has gone on uh, to do a lot of things, a, a lot, lot of things. I think he lives in the Nashville area, if I remember right. Really? Yeah, I think he does. Uh, Larry Bagby as Ice, which is one of the those, <laughs> the, those the classic nineties bully. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Tobias Jelenic, Jelenic was uh, his his buddy Jay. First film basically centers around if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, pause this and go watch it. Um, it centers around. Uh, he lives in Austin, Texas now. Let's say, and that was as of 2022. He's in West Austin. I didn't say okay. where he came from though. But hmm. um, the film centers around the Sanderson sisters three witches from the days of the Salem witch trials who um, were killed. They were hung in old Salem. And for a, 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 you know, aimed at children for Halloween movies. I mean, it, it wasn't graphic, but like you could tell, (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, okay. It's a little dark. There. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little dark because you have, uh, all you see when they hang is their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole reason that they hang them is because they have stolen the life force 
mm -hmm. of his children. And they mention multiple times throughout both movies that they eat the children. Yeah. Now, we never see it, obviously. And I, I don't know if they actually mean it literally. Well, we saw her eat do. the soul and life energy. So, I mean, I don't... But we really or don't... is that what they mean? Yeah, we really just don't know. Right. Um, so, it's, what, 300 years later? Yep. When Max, who does not believe in the Sanderson sisters or yeah, he, any of the Halloween Yeah, he's from stuff. California, didn't really believe in that whole little Salem right. stories thing. He he pipes up in, in his high school class and says that Halloween's a, a conspiracy. It's a holiday invented by the candy companies. Mm. He didn't hear uh, All Hallows Eve from you know the old times. And, uh, of course, Allison is the girl that he's already got a thing for. And she... I mean, who wouldn't, loves... Chris? Who who wouldn't, you know? Right, right. <laughs> she, she loves Halloween. She's all about it. So... It turns out that Max, through a, a series of misadventures, ends up at Allison's house mm -hmm. on Halloween night. And so she agrees to take him and show him the old Sanderson house, which is now a museum. And... Um, but it's been closed for years at that point. And he goes in. They're looking for... They turn on the lights, but he sees this candle that's called the Black Flame Candle. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, let's light it and bring back the old broads. So he lights it. And here which can only be lit by a virgin. Yeah, which he was. Mm -hmm. Boy, that, that'd be a heck of a way to be found out. Right. <laughs> like, oh, this... <laughs> Look, I'm not, yeah. Oh, it worked. Right. Oh, now everybody oh, knows. Yeah. The, the hot girl Jean uh, crushing on nose. <laughs> and now uh, the Sanderson sisters are back and they're wreaking havoc and they have to get... It never really explains it. They just have to get young enough that... Before the sun can... rises. Before it was... the sun rises. I guess that breaks the curse that they put on themselves, or I'm not really sure how that came about. I think is the way that, yeah. that so they would be able to stay forever. Uh, Billy Butcherson, who is Winifred's lover, although mm -hmm. he disputes that heavily in the second movie. Yeah, find the real story out. <laughs> yeah, he's back, and he helps bring him down. Uh, obviously, look, it's a Disney movie, so the good guys win in the end, mm -hmm. you know, without any casualties. Yeah. Right? Well, but besides Binks, okay. Binks the cat does die, but it releases Zachary Binks's soul to go on mm -hmm. into the app. So, um, it's a it's a good movie. Right. I, I mean, it, it's I, one of those classics you have to watch every year. Yeah, and oh, yeah. man, it's because this was my first time watching it. I mean, since I was young, so I didn't really remember a whole lot of it. I remembered, you know, key points. Right. And watching it again, I was like, oh, you know what? 90, 1993 was when this came out. That the CGI and the effects weren't that bad either, and I really enjoyed it. And Binks the cat was very well done. Um, getting the cat to like I was talking and everything, and the story was. Not bad either. I thought there was some funny moments there. Your classic '90s, like um, Back to the Future type, uh, bullies, the whole dance party, and trancing the whole parents at the at the concert, and 
it was it was good. I I didn't realize how much I enjoyed this movie, but I, I'm right there with you. I give this one five stars. I mean, there's just there's no way it's not anything else. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the key song in the first one is "I Put a Spell on You," mm-hmm. which is very well done. And it still gets uh, stuck in your head. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's just a fantastic movie, and it's great if you have kids because mm-hmm. it's a good like fix- entry level yeah. movie. Yeah, and then if they like that, you can move them on to other stuff as they get mm-hmm. older. I mean, I'm, I'm excited um, for Halloween Town. She's Stella's really going to enjoy that. I know she will. So, yeah, it's just fun. So then we have Hocus Pocus two, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure how I was gonna take to this. I had high hopes. Now we're 30 years later, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, 30 years later, and they got back all the main actresses for the Sanderson sisters, mm-hmm. right? So you got Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy coming back. Um, Doug Jones is back as Billy Butcherson. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. Yeah, that was... that Because I, I was like, surely they're going to cameo some of the other... The kids from the main series. Nope. Uh, not from the first one. And I was like... Okay, and I feel, and they still made it work. Cause I don't want to do too spoilery for this because I mean we, yeah, two days ago. So I'm like, but I I really enjoyed it. I gave this one four, four and a half store, stars when I did it, just because it it's one of those movies that sure did it really need a remake? No, but is it good a remake? Well, not really a remake, but it needed a sequel. No, but did we get one? Yes, and I enjoyed it. Like it did some of those funny jokes and quips for a a child movie, for all intents uh-huh. and purposes, that are still funny to me. Like from being in nineteen, even from sixteen ninety three when they died, then we come to nineteen ninety three uh, for the first movie, and now twenty twenty two for this one, and. The obviously the technology from 1993 to 30 years later is a big jump, and I loved them putting. I love those kind of jokes, like for people from old and realizing new things. There's Roombas in this one. Uh, the the whole Walgreens scene, I laughed a lot. And then there is a a Echo device. Uh, they didn't use her name. I'm not gonna say her name because she'll start talking behind me here. Um, one of those automated like Google Homes and things. And they said, oh, my God, they've got someone trapped in a box. They're a powerful wizard. I'm like, this is great. And, like, they did it so well. I enjoyed it. Uh, the I felt the only thing I didn't really like was the beginning. Uh, I talked about this with somebody else yesterday that I felt like it kind of went too long. And we're getting a backstory of the Sanderson sisters. Uh, the girls that they had play them, excellent job. Especially the little girl that played uh, Winifred. She was perfect. Like she even did the whole little uh, finger up to her cheek, and excellent job. And then having all three, uh, like you said, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy, Najimy, back and everything, they were like on point how they were thirty years ago. And of course, Bette Midler uh, has been playing things since. You know, and for her to fall right back in that Winford role. I was like, they had to have been having the time of their lives doing this because I I did watching it and I really enjoyed this one. I I kind of wish they had cameos from the first one, but I don't feel like they were needed either. And do we get a third one? There is a post credit scene in classic Disney's function, so I mean, maybe. Do we really need one? Maybe, but I can see where they'd go with them. 
I gave this four stars. Mm. Um, I will say this. it's They do a really good job, like you said, of getting back into the characters. But we also have to remember it's 30 years later. Right. So there were a couple of times where vocally, now, e- even with some of the speaking lines, you could tell because I think probably because I did go back and rewatch the first one. Mm-hmm. I'd watched it last weekend. I rewatched it again right before watching this. Oh, so you watched it twice this week, like, like the night before. Yeah. And uh, twenty nine, thirty years later, Sarah Jessica's Park, Sarah Jessica Parker's voice has changed a little. It's gotten mm-hmm. a little bit deeper. So some of the stuff she did as Sarah back then, the way that she would kind of dance around and amuck, 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 and, yeah. and she, her voice would be at one pitch. And it was like she couldn't quite reach that pitch here. So you will notice some things when they sing the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, of course, which, they had to have a singing scene in it. Like, I mean, yeah, they, they had three. Yeah. Well, they had, like, from they knew what made Hocus Pocus, the first one, a good right. film. And they just put it into this one. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm good for so you guys. You do have to know that there is going to be a little bit of a difference to the characters because it's 30 years later. Right. I mean, we can't. But they do a great job with the spirit of it. I saw where Bette Midler said that she she always wanted to be involved with a franchise mm-hmm. um, because all of her movies have been one-offs. So coming back to do this, she really enjoyed. Sarah Jessica Parker said, if they want to do a third one and Bette Midler's involved, I'll be back. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, I think all the the main three actresses are of that opinion, like, we're back if they want us back and and there's a good story to tell which kind of brings up what could they tell that's that's what i'm wondering and i'm like uh, should they i mean probably not but what i'm (laughs) what i'm wondering is do they continue because you kind of get a little bit of a redemption arc here Mm -hmm. right at the very very end we do meet though a new witch in the flashback, mm-hmm. um, who's played Mother by Ray. the wonderful Hannah Waddingham uh, from Ted Lasso. Yeah, Mother Witch is her uh, her character name. She's the one we find out that actually did gift book mm-hmm. to Winifred. Uh, we never find out what happened to her. No. But we do find out that this is the person, not their actual biological mother. This is the person from the first one when they when they mentioned mother, mm-hmm. this is who they mean. So I wonder could they bring her back in the third one? Right. Creating havoc for and the and the, the Sandersons are brought back to help the good guys. And that kind of completes mm. a redemption arc. Right. Because we do have these these three friends. Uh, let me get the names. Cassie, Becca, and uh, Izzy. That maybe, maybe they're the new trio. Right. I don't know. They kind of hinted, but you're like, yeah, I really no. And it's, man, I, I'd be okay with the third one, especially if my man Gilbert comes back. For me, he was one of my favorite parts. Every time he was on screen, especially when he got with Billy Butcherson, um, uh-huh. I'm not spoiling anything. But like every time they had an interaction, I was like, "Yeah, I like this a whole lot." 
And I mean, and the, the character Gilbert, uh, Sam Richardson, he's been in a lot of different things, but I'm like, yeah, I, I like this guy. He's a good addition. Tony Hale was good in this too. Mm-hmm. As, as, the, as the mayor and Cassie's dad, he starts off as the preacher. He just wanted an apple, man. I felt so bad for him. The whole time, I felt so bad for him. That one apple. <laughs> he finally got it, and then someone stole it from him. Right. <laughs> um, there is a cat in this. Um, am I drawing a blank? What What was the cat's name? Uh, I don't know. They didn't really. Because it didn't have a speaking yeah, he, line, so it's not like on IMDb. Yeah, he he didn't speak at all, but mm-hmm. he was. Um, oh, I can't remember. He was smart to what was going on. There, there's something there. Yeah. Um, cobweb. Cobweb. So, but it's a it's a really it's a really good sequel. Mm-hmm. That, like you said, they take us back to the prequel, which I thought was needed. Just to better understand the sisters. Uh, I do know that when they announced the project, some of the individuals like uh, Omri Katz, who played Max in the first one, and Thora Birch, I don't remember if Vanessa Shaw had anything to say or not, but um, kind of gave their thoughts on being involved or not being involved. I think Thora Birch said that she would have liked to have been. Yeah. But I don't know if that came down to a scheduling issue with her or if they just didn't need her for the yeah. story, so they didn't ask. Uh, I have a feeling if they do a third one, we'll, we'll see something. We'll get an Avengers team up. Yeah. Yeah. Something will happen. Uh, but it's very, very... Did Did the first one go to theaters, do you remember? Or was it just... It, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I saw it like two or three times in theaters. I would have loved for this to have been in theaters. I would yeah. have really liked that. Um, if they do a third one, I hope that they see that how much traction it got and how much money they could get for releasing it in theaters. I mean, Disney Plus later on, but I'm still, I'm like, this would have been a great movie for theaters. Mm-hmm. But just my two cents there. I think it would have been too, you know, especially if you release it 30 days earlier. Or right. so, give people the month of September to go see, and then drop it second week of October or something on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Just a special thing there, but it was a lot better than I thought it would be. Uh, Mike, played by Froy Gutierrez, your typical oh. dumb, dumb job, <laughs> and it was so good. I was that's what I was telling um because I messaged one of our friends during it because I, I saw she was watching it when we were watching it. And I told her, I said, if they made a just a Mike movie, I would be one hundred percent all in. And like he's just he plays this as goofy dumb boyfriend who's not really a jerk. We find out at the end. He goes, I goes, oh, I thought I was complimenting you. He goes, I just they're like, oh, would you call me a weird witch? And he's like, because you are. And like it was it was not doing it in a malicious way. He was just being yeah. Mike. And I was like, dude, this is he did such a good job. I I want more of him in it if they do a third one too. Yeah, I, early in the movie, they're they're trying to, you know, one of them's having her typical birthday thing, mm-hmm. and the other planned a party for that night of the three friends, and uh, Mike's he spills the beans on the on the party, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend, who was originally part of this trio, had not had a chance to talk to her other friends about it yet. 
and it's like dude shut up right shut up. he's just like well so are y'all gonna be there and it's like yeah. <laughs> just, just stop talking about it. stop talking about it. <laughs> i loved it man they i'm telling you it's a god it's it's a good four and a half star movie like i mean i just i loved it it's i want to go watch it again now now we're still talking about it another one yes, i can watch again i was very worried going in because with especially with 30 years in between Mm. you just don't know you know you're like okay what how how is this gonna work yeah i could definitely see a third film where maybe they they give the final goodbye to the to the sandersons yeah and, and they they sort of pass the torch to a new generation to, i'd be okay with that maybe this is the the good long-term franchise instead of fast and the furious getting 50 movies we hey get take, take it easy okay those are some good classic family movies okay <laughs> this getting 50 movies um i'd be all for that um let me see here close this i had the cast list up because i knew i wouldn't remember everybody's names so next week, we're going to be reviewing Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. I'm excited because I literally know nothing about this movie. Literally nothing. What, was last year your first Hitchcock movie with it Psycho? Was. It was. Okay. So you kind of have an idea of his style a little bit. Okay. So, but this is going to be completely different than Psycho. Hmm. Uh, I can't... You don't have a fear of birds, do you? No. Mm-mm. They're just government you spies. So, I mean, it's nothing crazy. Might this, so. Oh, oh, awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. So I need to watch it yeah. during the daytime then. Well, no, <laughs> not really. A lot, of, a good bit of the film happens during the daytime. Oh, wonderful. Anyway. Oh, it's on Peacock. Uh, after that, the, the week after that, we'll have Halloween Ends. Then so Day Shift. Then Scream. The 2022 Scream. And finally, 1982's Creep Show. We're going to watch Trick or Treat somewhere in there. Yeah. You have to every year. Yeah. You have to. We've got our we've got our Halloween stuff out because now we're done with all the girls' birthdays parties. We can decorate for Halloween now. And our little Sam figure is still on our fireplace. So. Right, so I have to ask you, based on last year, before we get into the news, are you... Um, are you including Hubie Halloween in your... No, no, I don't think we're... No, no I don't think that's included in the Stella Watchathon. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe in a few years. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we might visit when they make a Hubie Halloween too, because you know they will. Because you, yeah. you know they will. <laughs> always do Hotel Transylvania. Oh those, oh, those are good movies too. I think they're on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We hadn't watched the... The third one, third or fourth one, because Zoe used to love those movies, so we used to watch them all the time, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we watched the third or fourth one, but they they keep cranking those out. They keep making yeah. money though. So, in notable news, Doctor Sleep director Mike Flanagan revealed that The Shining almost got another sequel, but Warner Brothers turned it down. This comes from IGN. And the byline goes to Ryan Liston. Um, to be clear, it's a it would have been a sequel after Doctor Sleep. The Trequel. Uh, Tranquil. Yeah. Um, 
they turned it down because Doctor Sleep didn't meet box office expectations. Um, it would have done so remember. well in the streaming world, though. I'm trying to remember when that came out. I think it was right, maybe the fall before COVID. Yeah, it was 2019. Okay. So. Uh, oh, let's see. We were so close, he said. I'll always regret this didn't happen. Asked by a fan why it didn't happen, Flanagan added, because of Dr. Sleep's box office performance. Warner Brothers opted not to proceed with it. They control the rights, so that was that. Apparently, um, he, his response was to Read Full Things' Twitter post where they had finished a Scatman Crothers Shining sequel poster just called Shine. Um, it says, Dr. Sleep debuted in 2019, a direct sequel to the classic 1980 Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining tells the story of Danny Torrance, Jack's son from the first movie, now grown up and played by Ewan McGregor. I did not know that. Yeah. He struggles with his supernatural gift and the trauma of his past until becoming a popular orderly at a local hospice, using his powers to comfort dying patients and earning him the titular nickname, Dr. Sleep. Uh, it says the it was a disappointment at the box office, earning $72 million worldwide after being made on a $45 million budget. Now it looks as though Warner Brothers has chosen not to take another roll of the dice when it came to a potential sequel. Um, okay. Can the Discovery guy, I know he's been canceling everything else superhero-wise, but can he approve of that one? You know, I haven't watched Doctor Sleep yet, but if I know anything about Mike Flanagan, uh, that movie was a banger. I need to watch it with the sun up. So It's very... <laughs> <laughs> so it's, instead of saying, hey... Um, we're going to go for a, another movie. We're going to cut the budget a little bit. Right. Trim it back to like $35, $40 million. We're going to drop it on streaming. Yeah, put HBO Max. And let's see what it does. Right. Fil a film like that has a built-in audience, and a lot of people may not. Plus, most people, I think, look at movie titles, and if they saw Dr. Sleep... They probably just went right by it, not yeah. understanding it's tied to The Shining. And it has to go down to marketing as well, because yeah, I mean it. I feel like that would have been if you would have tied it to The Shining, which is a classic. People, I feel like people would have watched that more. And now with Mike Flanagan, his portfolio right now is so great when it comes to horror. Like I mean, he's making a Edgar Allan Poe series. And right. I cannot wait. It's got Mark Hamill, Rahul Coley in it, other people like that that are in his films and shows. And I can't wait. Like I, I'm going to be watching that. You know, maybe like I'll wait to watch it for June, August, you know, July, somewhere like happy springtime, maybe cheery with the sun's up. But you know, I'll still want to watch it. But it's, I just, I don't know. I need to watch Doctor Sleep too. Because I'm so interested in the whole Shining thing, like we talked about was it last week mm -hmm. or two weeks ago. I, mean, I just want to watch it and yeah. more of it. I hate that. I hate Wait. that uh, Kubrick is dead. Uh, dead because Wait, I want to. You're, you're interested in a horror movie. I, listen, that's what this whole process is about. The whole why we pick these horror movies and everything because I get exposed to things. I have to watch them and can't make excuses up. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. <sighs> So. Speaking of enjoying things, 
uh, one movie that we reviewed on here a while back and enjoyed immensely was Enola Holmes. Well, the trailer for part two has dropped. Now, I've not seen this. I was about to say, okay, well, you know what? It's Netflix. We won't get flagged for that. Let's watch that. Enola Holmes 2 trailer. Look, live and right on the air, Chris. Live and right on the air. YouTube. Official trailer. It's only a minute 13. Hit pause right there. I'm going to press. I'm going to press this button it's been a minute since we have done this i'm gonna share my screen we are screen sharing yes come on load 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 fill the dead air just loading loading perfect right there and loading go live there we go and should be popping up for you now i need to do it on my screen as a full screen Perfect. All right. Let can you see it, Chris? Yes, I can. All right. Here we go. Enola Holmes 2 official trailer. Some very dramatic music. <laughs> yeah. This is okay. I'm going to lie. That's not. I think this is for the first one, but it says Nella Holmes 2 on it. Yeah, that's not right. I don't know who uploaded that. Millie says Millie Bobby Brown uploaded that. I don't believe that. Let's let's find. Because like she speaks in the one that I watched. Excuse me. There we go. Perhaps I should explain. My name is Enola Holmes. I started a detective agency. How old? You're a girl. Tell me. Yes. Might your brother be free? My brother? Well, I have not a single case. Sherlock Slatus seems to be vexing him. What a good looking man. <laughs> Is it true you find lost people? Yes. My sister. She disappeared a week ago. At last, I would be a detective in my own right, worthy of the home's name. Dare I ask? She's a detective. Good God, another one. I'm trying to save a girl's life. And what can we do? We. Is he looking back? Is that the same one from the first movie? I can't tell. Oh, good. Maybe. He isn't. Are you involved in something dangerous? Good afternoon. You can't control Anona Holmes. She's a force of nature. You. 
All in, baby. Is yeah. it my case or your own? Both. It seems our cases are connected. Shall we? I'm going to go ahead and call it the uh, the love interest, so to speak, there is involved. He's one yeah. of the bad guys. One of the bad guys. It's, it's always how it works, right? <laughs> Gotta be. Um... Do we want? Yeah, let's watch the trailer for the the other thing as well. Yes, you mean this next thing I'm going to mention? Yes. Deadpool three is finally happening, and Hugh Jackman is back hey, as Wolverine. Dude, it's when this came out, I like I, I was doing something around the house, and then I got on Twitter. It's all it was. All it was. That's all people were talking about, and I was like, "What happened? What did I miss?" And sure as shit, it's Deadpool 3 announcement, which we're going to watch here and you guys are going to listen to uh, audio version-wise. If you haven't seen this, just search in Ryan Reynolds. You don't have to type in anything else. It's the first thing that pops up. So here we go. Hey, everyone. Uh, we're extremely sad to have missed D23, but we've been working very hard on the next Deadpool film for uh, a good long while now. I've had to really search my soul on this one. Uh, his first appearance in the MCU obviously needs to feel special. We need to stay true to the character, uh, find new depth, new motivation. So they made his suit look old. Every Deadpool needs to stand out and stand apart. It's been an incredible challenge the that gin. has forced me to reach down <laughs> deep inside. And I have nothing. completely empty up here and terrifying but we did have one idea hey Hugh you want to play Wolverine one more time yeah sure Ryan <laughs> what a way to announce your third movie it like it, it cracks me up and then the the title card is excellent Oh, I mean, just look yeah. at it. With a, no, a September 6th, 2024 release date. I mean, I don't need anything else from these guys. This is everything that I wanted. So, I mean, you see this right here. Marvel Studios is it. At, you know, copyright 2022 Marvel. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, so. that... Uh... It's going to be interesting to see, too, how they work it in. Is it just going to be primarily about completing the trilogy and then moving on? Right. Or is he going to be committed to the MCU going forward in some form or fashion? Are we going to get Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool as another multiverse? Right. And then eventually they'll have their own? How much leash are they going to, I don't want to say leash, but how much control are they going to let Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy have for this? Right. Which I think it's been previously said that Kevin Feige said it's all them. Whatever they want to do, we're in and we'll do it. Which I believe, that was an official statement, which I am like, yes. I mean, yeah. but this broke Twitter and it didn't really break it, but you know, it, it took over like three hours of people tweeting about it. And then on Friday, after they released that, it was, it was Wizard of Thirty. It's one of the two. 
they made a follow-up video of them sitting on the couch, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. They said, I wonder how you want, you know, everyone's wondering how we're going to make this work. Well, what we're going to do is, and they put action sounds over them talking, and it looks like Hugh Jackman stabs him in the head, and they go out, and they got blood squirting, and like they use their hands and everything, but like everything's got music on top of it. So like it's, it's not really anything there. And like the music sounds goes, yeah, it's going to be a crazy movie. And then it has the, the logo and the title again. So I'm like, oh. Dude, this is it's gonna be so good, and I can't wait. Like, there's, I, I'm glad they gave us a, a date as well because during the Phase Four lineup, there was a untitled Fall uh, 2024 movie, and this is that. So, yeah, oh, I can't wait. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Next up, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever will reportedly have a runtime of 2 hours and 41 minutes, second longest MCU film ever, and as far as I know, Tyler, they may still be doing reshoots. I don't know. They were as of a couple mm. of weeks ago. But, uh, I'll Google it real quick. Uh, I don't believe that. That's some. This was everything from March. It still says March was it, but it didn't say reshoots. I'll see. Finished filming yeah. reshoots. Because they, uh, I forget who had it. I want to say it was maybe. Oh yeah, September seventh. Uh, reporting still uh, reshooting scenes. Oh. Yeah. Which so. again, knowing Marvel, that could be them calling in the people that they need for the end credit scene or something. True. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. to be primarily the movie, so that's a good point too. Or they could be filming for the another trailer. Right. You know? As far as <laughs> Put something they, new in. They film stuff just for the trailers mm-hmm. to throw that's, us off. They so. do it. They've done it plenty of times in the past. Next up from the Hollywood Reporter we have from Boris Kitt. Marvel shakes up Armor Wars, Don Cheadle's series now being developed as a movie. Mm. Um, it notes Yasir Lester who was acting as head writer on the series will remain as its feature scribe Uh, it notes Marvel Studios has shaken up its Armor Wars project and now what was to have been a series for Disney Plus will be redeveloped as a feature film the movie essentially pushes back the title further down the development slate Sources say the studio was committed in getting the story told the right way, and in that process realized a feature was better suited for the project. Like all Marvel movies, it's intended for a theatrical release. Don Cheadle, who's reprising his longtime Marvel Cinematic Universe role as Colonel James Rhodey Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, remains on board to star. Yasir Lester, who was acting as head writer of the series, will remain as its feature scribe. Marvel had been eyeing a 2023 start of production on the series, but the few people who were gearing up for, for that were notified Thursday of the change of direction. No directors have been officially attached, and it's unclear when an Armor Wars feature would pop on Marvel's timeline of its phases of movies and Disney Plus series. Um, so one of the first questions I had when I saw this was, Obviously, this opens up a spot in the Disney Plus schedule. Mm. Does it open up a spot for a new show, or does it open up a spot for a season two mm. of the current show? Maybe like uh, Hawkeye? 
I'd be down for. A Miss Marvel? What this tells me, though, what I got really excited about this new story is that, that Disney and Marvel are seeing what works for their series and what works for their movies. Um, and what's been like, not only flops, but they're, they're figuring out their, their series formulas like She-Hulk right now. I mean, again, we've talked about it for weeks now. They have not had a quote unquote bad episode yet. And, and She-Hulk to me feels like one of the first true TV show MCU projects. Like you've got a story from the beginning, you wrap it up at the end story at the beginning, wrap it up at the end. Um, you could go. You could say Wandavision kind of felt like that during their t- uh, period pieces, but at the end of it, you had what's going on in the real world. What's going on in the real world? So I mean, it's. I feel like this is them taking a step back, saying, "Hey, this is not going to work as a TV show. This will work as a movie," and that makes me excited. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, since it's pushed back to what twenty twenty four. How important was it to what they're doing? Right. Because they had it slated for 2023 to start filming. So it could have debuted late 2023 as a series. But now you've got to find a director. Right. It couldn't have been important to the overall story that they're telling in this phase. So I wonder if this was meant to be kind of one of those transition projects. Right. To get us to the, I don't know. Just the next point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Finally, last bit of news. Now You See Me 3 is officially in the works. I like how uh, we bring things to fruition from the show. I mean, I I feel like this is, this is us. We're the reason this happened. Yeah. We watched Now You See Me 1 and 2 this year. And uh-huh. we saw how badly we want the three, and here we are. You know, here it's yep. just look at us. Yep. <laughs> hey, they, they know they know who the bosses are, right? right? I uh, wish I could get some. Uh, some another money bit of that. good news here, huh? <laughs> just wish we could get some money for that. You know, yeah, just, it'd be uh, nice. You know, we put this um, in the world. Venom director Ruben Fleischer is set to direct. Now, this comes from Fandom Wire and Kushi Shah. I hope I didn't say anything dirty there. Um. <laughs> uh, the Now You See Me franchise officially has its third installment on the way, and the renowned American director, Ruben Fleischer, is going to be taking the reins for directing the movie. Lionsgate confirmed the news of the Venom director directing Now You See Me 3 on Thursday. Uh, Louis, Louis Leterrier directed the, very, directed the very first part of the movie, which was released in 2013. And its sequel, which premiered three years later in 2016, was directed by John M. Chu. Now, the third part of the film is the making, is in the making with Fleischer on the team. Uh, I don't think there's very much here in detail past mm-hmm. that. Just an announcement it's of just, it's coming. Yeah. Which, yes, finally. Which just means when it comes out, we get to watch the first two again. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Good movies, though. We enjoyed mm. the first, first two, so hopefully they don't, you know, mess it up with this one. It makes me nervous when you have director changes for every film. Right. Like, yeah. Um, releases this week, as we've discussed, Hocus Pocus 2, 
hit Disney Plus on September 30th, just a couple of days ago from when we're recording this, so it's already out. Also, September 30th, Smile has released, and on October 7th, uh, a film Tyler really, really wants to see, and and I'm kind of curious about it too. Amsterdam it, is gonna. Drop it on. looks good. It's got a lot, a lot of people in it, and it's got me the what movie we watched with Gal Gadot, um, Death of the Nile. It's got yeah. kind of that vibes to it, which I don't know for one some reason I'm I really like these murder mystery dinner parties lately. I don't know if it's the the um, the Night Glass Onion. That's the second one, but the first one, Knives Out effect or or what it is but or it could be the death of the nile effect i mean i don't know i just i'm like yeah i'm, I'm into these murder mysteries right now you, you should go back and watch clue clue sounds i'm thinking of clueless the, the 1995 seminal film yeah with tim curry clue yeah okay i'm going to add that to my own personal list so okay thank you and noted all right chris Video games. You've been playing anything at all? Anything good? Nothing? No, I've, I've been getting my dailies done on the normal stuff mm. with overtime I've been working. So. That's that's where about I'm at. Destiny, obviously, and Fortnite when I play with my brother. Uh, I started playing Cyberpunk 2077 again. I yeah. am a lot farther than I was when I started and stopped, started and stopped like three or four times now. So it's just got... It's that itch. I need to get through my my backlog while waiting for other games. I mean, Call of Duty comes out at the end of the year. I mean, end of this month of October. But I'm like, that's it. That's all I'm looking forward to. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm just gonna play this, and I'm enjoying it so far. Just popping some achievements and things, but nothing crazy out of I, me this week. I saw you on uh, I think it was on Twitter asking people what they were mm. playing. For recommendations yeah i'll just see what everyone's playing what's got them all hype and everybody's in their backlogs and i mean it's nothing nothing crazy i think what would be really cool to see is a playthrough from you that we put on the channel oh no of you playing, of, of you playing through the quarry mm, that'd be a good one because i wonder i wonder even if i could get you to, somehow for you to see me playing it and to have recording you as well, and because you've you've gone through the quarry, right? Not yet. No. Okay, I will never. Mm, okay, we might that might be something to look at. Starting a little mini series like that and just recording them and just uploading an episode and stuff. And the good thing about those games is there's a finite time, right? To it, right? It's gonna take like what roughly. Eight to ten hours, probably. Yeah, it's not a long game either. And you can do upload an hour-long episodes and things like that. Yeah. Mm, something to think about, and I like it. I like that idea. Just like, I really like this one. Number one on our news stories here, EA and Marvel have officially announced a new Iron Man game is on its way. Uh-oh. I'm going to TheVerge.com. I'm going to tell you why this excites me here in a minute. Uh, by Jay Peters. EA is teaming up with Marvel to make a new single-player Iron Man game EA announced on Tuesday. The game is being developed by Motive Studio, which is working on the upcoming Dead Space remake. EA is describing this new Iron Man title as an all-new single-player third-person action-adventure Iron Man video game that will feature an, uh, an original narrative that taps into the rich history of Iron Man, channeling the complexity, charisma, and creative genius of Tony Stark and enabling players to feel what it's like to truly play as Iron Man. The new game is in pre-production, so it's going to be quite a while before I even see anything or play it. Um, 
I'm really excited about this. EA owns BioWare. BioWare had the great game gameplay game of Anthem. They let that die in the water, didn't do anything else with it. And that was the first game that feels like flying around an Iron Man. If they could get some people from BioWare, from EA, to work on this, sold. Like, that game, if anyone, it's only like $3. Uh, if you ever want to know what it's like to play Iron Man in a video game, buy or download that game. Because it is phenomenal. It's on EA, It's on Xbox Game Pass for Ultimate member as well. And, oh, man, I, of course, all things Iron Man I'm absolutely in love with. So, EA having a hand in it makes me like, eh. But Motive, I know, do a lot of great things and a lot of good video games. So, I'm like, they're not going to let me down with it, especially in this day and age, in theory. Okay, in theory. Who voices Tony? Oh, see, I don't know. Like, I don't... I I want them to go out and get Robert Downey Jr., but I know they won't. Yeah, they cost them too much. Several millions for that. Uh, Right. Oh, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, Nolan North did it in the Avengers game, Marvel's The Avengers, and he did a fine job. I didn't think it was anything bad. Will they get him again? No, because it's different teams and everything. Oh, man. I I don't know. Like, you have to go straight voice actors for people like that now. Yeah. Troy Baker would be good. Troy, yeah. Uh, he'd be really convincing with it. Just off the top of the head. I mean, you always ask me the good questions that make me think <laughs> too hard. <laughs> Something else to think real hard about. E3 is officially back for 2023. Going to IGN.com. Well, that's the question. And by Billy Gibbons. Gibbons. E3 2023 has announced the date of its return, June 13th through 16th, with separate days and halls for press and public. Following three years of uncertainty, E3 is set to return in 2023 at the Los Angeles Convention Center for an in-person experience. Partner digital events will precede the physical expo beginning on June 11th, but the legendary event will start Tuesday, June 13th to Friday, June 16th. While recent E3's blended business and consumer science industry into a single event, E3 2023 will separate them into two fairly distinct parts. Tuesday, June 13th to Thursday, June 15th will be dubbed E3 Business Day and will concentrate on industry professionals and gaming media. Meanwhile, Thursday, June 15th and June 16th will be known as E3 Gamer Days, offering an increased focus on consumers where they can go hands-on for the future of gaming, connect with developers, content creators, media personalities, and more. Gamer Days will take place in a separate hall than Business Days. We'll see. It sounds like they're making the change so when they have smaller crowds, they can say... Oh, yeah. Oh, well, but this one was busy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of industry uh, pundits and uh, journalists and their things were talking about this. So Summer Games Fest with Jeff Keighley did such a great job last year. Like, they, it was open to the public. It was just for journalists and uh, podcasters and things like that who were in the industry. And they said this was perfect. This is how it's supposed to be. Uh, E3 has always been a journalist and uh, like journalist and podcaster place anyways. Here recently, it's, it's been opened up to the public. And a lot of people didn't like that, journalists included, because, I mean, this is their job. It's harder to get from point A to point B. I get it. I understand. Them separating their audience, though, I'm curious. I could It could work. Like, I mean, your journalists and stuff can have those business days. And then if they want to do more, they can do the gamer days as well. But, I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of weird to me at, at this given age where we're at. I used to like watching the the G4 coverage. Mm-hmm. Love. Okay. That's what got me a lot into gaming was G4. And uh, now I'm just like, I'm content with each 
studio doing their own thing. Yeah. It's just easier and you know what to do and where to yeah. watch. So it's, we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. If it even happens. Cause you know, in 2022, there was none. And all uh, 2021 was all digital and 2020 they didn't even have. So well, they canceled 22, right? After they'd supposedly yeah. started planning it. And yeah. Never came to fruition or something like, mm. and then summer games fest, Jeff Keighley summer game fest took over and did really well. So PlayStation plus monthly games for October are hot wheels unleashed for PlayStation five and justice two. And then super hot for the PlayStation four. Of course you get PS five, you get all three. Um, another fun little story, nothing crazy to say on here. Um, skull and bones delayed again to March 9th. We have talked about this game before, um, multiple times on the show. I'm okay if it doesn't come out. From what I've seen, I'm not going to play it. Definitely not spending $70 on the game. And the fact that they're delaying it until March 9th again, and they're saying it's not done. They, they're still tweaking a whole lot of things. I'm like, I don't want to play the game. And I'm wondering, Oh, I'm wondering how much of it is they're hearing reactions like that from people such as yourself. Right. And they're going, this is not going to be a successful game. So they're, they're either trying to go in and add what they hear people complaining about not being there, or they're pulling a Warner Brothers. <laughs> and they're going to kick the can down the road till they just let it disappear and they stop talking about it. This was announced in 2015. <laughs> yeah. And so eight years later, right? Yeah. Six, seven, something like that. Math is not my strong suit. And a lot of people are saying that, because it was supposed to come out the same day of God of War, Ragnarok. And people are saying, oh, you know, that's a strategic move. I'm like, I don't know anybody that's buying this game. So I don't know what strategic move they're talking about. And we talked about the last episode we did here on the podcast that Ubisoft is going off, going up in their prices to $70 a game for their main titles starting with Skull and Bones, and I'm like... It's not a $70 game. It is not, and there's nothing that I have seen that says, hey, I need to pay $70 for that, or I That's need to game. play this on release day. That's a game you put up for 20 bucks on mm-hmm. like the PlayStation Store and say, all right, you know, this is what we got for you. Right. I, I think the strategy to releasing it with Ragnarok would be... Well, here's why sales are down. Ragnarok yeah. came out. You can down. have an excuse, but... And, they they know they they have to know, yeah. But we'll, have, we'll we will see. And then another depressing news that I I think everybody saw coming: Google Stadia is officially closing down. I'm going to TheVerge.com by Jay Peters and Alex Kranz. Google is shutting down Stadia, its cloud gaming service. The service will remain live for players until January 18th, 2023, which is right around the corner, honestly. Google will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchased through the Google Store, as well as all games and add-on content purchased from Studio Store, the Stadia Store. Google expects those refunds can be completed in mid-January. Quote, a few years ago, we also launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia. Stadia Vice President and GM Phil Phil Harrison said in a blog post. And while Stadia's approach to streaming games uh, came for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users. Uh, Sorry, they're asking me about food. Actually, no, ice cream, please. Don't need it. Sorry. 
Um, anyways, uh, and while Sega's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected, so we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. Employees on the Stadia team will be distributed to other parts of the company. Shocker. The service uh, that hasn't given any of their promises from launch um, and bases their performance and things on how strong your internet connection is did not do well. Huh. Okay. Two positive things to come out of it. Uh, it sounds like they're not laying anybody off. They're just going to yes. send that labor to other parts, of which is a big company. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that and- treats their employees well. Uh, yeah, my dad. Very, very well. Yeah, uh, and they're refunding all the money that they can track. That right. People Which, if you bought a controller through them, there's some money back. Bought games through their service, yeah. there's money for you. And they've also said that it's not in this article, or it might be. I'm going to read the whole thing, but that for a lot of these games, Destiny. Um, as well, I said, hey, we're working with other companies like Bungie and things like that to make sure your progress tracks over from Stadia to whatever you buy it through. So they said, we are working with everybody. That's huge. Yeah, because could you imagine getting all this? We'll just use like Assassin's Creed, which they're on Luna, but saying that you've got all this progress, you're about to beat Assassin's Creed Odyssey or something. You shut down right before it comes out. You don't have any progress. So Well, look, look at... So in my situation, I found out recently I'm roughly 40% through story mode on Valhalla. <laughs> and I've, I've put in like 100 hours. Right. I'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to be kidding me. I've got to start from scratch. Right. And go redo all. The, I'm not playing the game at that no. point. No. There, there'd be no point. And, and rightfully so. So. Yeah. Uh, no one releases these past two weeks. FIFA 23 on everything but the Switch on September 30th. Overwatch 2 comes out on everything on October 4th, which is a huge deal. This is, We're recording on October the 2nd. This is the last day that Overwatch is live. So I have a relic up here. I've got Overwatch in physical form. It's like right there. Mm-hmm. And they shut down the servers today. And gearing up for Overwatch 2. So I'm like... Okay, that's just a game that's absolutely useless. Can never be played. Uh, Near Automata, the end of Yorha edition for Switch, October sixth, and then No Man's Sky on Switch, October seventh. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fun episode. We got some stuff for the Dahmer story on Netflix. We got to talk about some American Horror Story, both of those with my wife. We got to talk about Hocus Pocus. We had some Enola Holmes news. Man. Yeah. Deadpool Wolverine. 3 and Wolverine in it with Hugh Jackman, which is by far the funniest way to announce it. Yeah, sure, Ryan. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Nerd Wide Podcast. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms. The more eyes we see, the better content we can make because we can potentially make some money that way. Uh, don't forget to like and review this podcast. Whatever podcasting service you use, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Helps the algorithm out. Again, if there's any way we can uh, that you would like to see us improve this podcast, let us know. We like criticism as long as it's good and thought out um, and how we can improve the show for you guys. 
On social media, you can follow the NerdWide account on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at Ty underscore Haynes. Been tweeting a lot about football, but you know it is that time of the year. And you can follow Chris at MavTN7. Facebook.com, if you like that website, go to search bar, search in NerdWide Podcast or just NerdWide. First thing that pops up, follow us, Twitter and Facebook, the first ways you know if you're not subscribed to whenever the podcast episodes go live. That's all we got this week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast. We cannot wait to watch the birds with you next week and talk about all the good news. We'll talk to you then. Thanks.